0: Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew and I'm Scott. This is a podcast dedicated to providing you meaningful support to find great career opportunities faster. Whether you're working or not, we are coming to you from the city of Portland, Oregon. That is the city of roses. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we answer your questions.
1: We really enjoy getting questions from you. We feel like we're engaging with you in ways that we can't just by broadcasting. As you are listening to our podcasts and you're going to the uh, uh, JobSeekersRadio.com to find out more or to leave feedback, we want you to to ask more questions because this is probably uh, some of the favorite activity that we
0: have. And it gives you an opportunity to get to be personal or, or uh, uh, selfish. It allows oh, you to no. be selfish. Don't, don't, yeah. don't,
1: don't. It's Say okay. It's
0: selfish. No, it is selfish if you want your question a- answered by us, by two professionals.
1: Sure. Well, but remember too that anytime you're, you have a question, it's likely somebody else does. So you're helping someone else. So it's not totally selfish. There's a little bit of altruism in there.
0: That brings us to our first question from a college senior. How can I... Find my passion and where do I begin? There are a whole bunch
1: of responses that you will get from that question. Many of them are true, but they feel, because you hear them so often, they'll feel a little cliche. Uh, the, the, Where I start with that is what do you enjoy doing? What brings you energy or joy or however you want to describe it? What are the things that get you fired up? I guess where I would start that conversation with someone is to get them to understand that you probably have more than one passion. Don't limit yourself to just one. Open your mind to anything that brings you enjoyment because that's only the first step of a longer conversation or a longer journey in finding what you enjoy doing that will earn you a living. So sometimes that's not a linear path. Sometimes you have to go in a few circles before you reach that point. But the idea is don't
0: limit yourself to just one. Often I hear this question, what's my passion? I would encourage you to actually look up the textbook definition of what passion is. Uh, And you may want to change that word. Or the usage, or use a different word to yes. describe that. What I'm hearing most of the time is, what am I good at? Or what would I be good at doing? And I would I would suggest a, a college senior should probably go through some assessments. Whether that be Myers-Briggs or some of the other ones. Sure. Uh, well, and stand out, strengths finder. Excellent point. And
1: many of these talk about about style preferences, but also each one of those is going to be measuring something a little bit different. And so if you take several of them, um, I wouldn't go with too many of the free online assessments because they generally don't go deep enough, but you may not have a budget to actually pay someone to take you through uh, one of the professional assessments. And that's certainly understandable. Getting a broad idea... Uh, taking several of them to give you a, a concept of where you stand is going to be helpful. There are also assessments that you can go to, uh, for example, Oregon, uh, the, the workforce. Um, uh, work source? Uh, work source, yes. yes. The employment division of your state government. Um, those are, they often have assessments that you can take for aptitude tests or, um, the, the testing that they do to try and help place you in vocational training, that sort of thing. Those can be really helpful and they are state subsidized. So you don't have to pay for them. The state covers the cost.
0: In terms of other resources that I would suggest a college senior lean into, that would be the career center at your university, the alumni networks that you have access to, to help you understand what other people who maybe have your same interests actually did with their degree. So that you have a bridge between college and the workforce. Right. Uh, the other thing I would recommend, um, and I really got a lot of value out of this, was reading What Colors Your Parachute? And and so yeah. this is a, a lifelong book and, and sad to hear that uh, the author died a couple of years ago, but they're continuing on. So right. he built a legacy through that book that's helped millions of people. Right.
1: Again, that's a styles preference-based concept that he developed, and it's really quite helpful. I remember when I read it and thought, differently about the things that brought me enjoyment. When we think about that, the things that you are skilled in or the things that you enjoy doing are often things that can morph into work. Now there are going to be other things when you think about the the tasks that you had. Maybe it was a research project that you did that you really enjoyed doing or on the other side of it, the way you delivered the, the outcomes of that research, that's the part that you really enjoyed. That will give you some insight as to the kinds of work that may be really good for you to pursue because you already know you enjoy doing it. I I don't want to underestimate the power of that sense of passion. I totally agree with you, Andrew, that maybe we use a different word in the job search arena because finding your passion has sort of become a cliché. But there's still value to that approach. So don't not think about what you're passionate about. And don't limit yourself allow whatever brings you enjoyment to come into your conversation about what you want in a career. That brings us
0: to our next question. How do you handle privacy for job search online? This is a great question. I get it a lot because there's two sides of it. How much should I share and who should know about it? Right. <laughs> right. And, and so there's two sides to that coin. The first one is, hey, if I'm already employed somewhere and I don't want nobody knowing about it, then I need to be careful what I share online in that perspective. On the other side, there's a lot of nefarious people on the Mm -hmm. internet that you want to protect yourself from. I would uh, caution you in sharing any personally identifiable information, uh, maybe even, and this is why I encourage people to also eliminate the months of service in your jobs. So when you're in your experience section, say on LinkedIn, you're not saying, hey, I went from January 2014 to February 2016 in this job. That's giving somebody with nefarious intent the exact timeline of your employment.
1: There are a number of things that you can do. I don't think we can go into a lot of detail about how to protect your privacy here. Um, There are a number of resources that that are out there, and LinkedIn, uh, if you do a search for uh, the the articles that are published there, you can get a lot of information about this. But generally speaking, when I'm thinking about my privacy and I'm doing my job search online, there are a couple of things that I keep in mind all the time. First of all, if someone contacts me out of the blue saying, hey, I I saw that you are looking for work, Uh, go to this website and I can help you. I would ensure that that is an actual company website. I never click on a link that is in uh, an an unsolicited email. Right. So I I check that out. The other thing is if if it looks like it's coming from a company that I am interested in, I go to the company website to do a search for that position before I respond to the email. Again, you want to be really careful about that. The other thing is... There's a lot about me that's already out there online, so the chances of being truly private are pretty low anymore, but mm-hmm. there are some things that I simply will not share with other people, um, connections to family members or other people that that are very close to me. I don't generally share information about them, uh, certainly not my children or others that may be Put in a vulnerable situation, but also things like my Social Security number, my um, my uh, state ID card number, or those kinds of things. I never give that out except mm. in a, uh, an official job application. Yeah. If someone asks me for that, I
0: will tell them that that is available. I, I will make that available when I apply. Use your best judgment. I think is the the main answer there uh, in terms of best practices for your own safety. I would suggest if you're going to be logging into different sites for the job search that you use an email and a password, not log in with Facebook or log in with some other Absolutely. service because those services have now been known to be vulnerable. Yes. Uh, the next thing I would suggest is if any of these platforms have two-factor authentication, that you use those two-factor yep. authentications on all the platforms that you're logging into. And so there's, I don't know. How many umpteen platforms I used, hey, log in with Facebook because they make it easy, but now yeah. they have access to all my information. Yep. And yeah, so I, uh, I don't do that anymore. It in fact, is not I went a good idea. And I went and, it, and Facebook doesn't make it easy to eliminate that from your. Right, Your logins, right? I had to click on some of these to delete three or four times.
1: And often I have to go into to their instructions and do it step by step because it's not easy. There's a reason why it's not easy. They don't want to lose those connections because they're making money off of it in many cases. Not well,
0: they, all. they retarget you with right. advertising is what happens. And
1: not all of these websites, I would say even most of them don't have bad intentions involved, but the fact is they are trying to make money and they're using me and my information to do so. I can accept that for what it is, but I still need to protect myself. So be mindful of how much information you're sharing, what kind of information you're sharing. If you're the type that you bear your soul on Facebook, then I would never, (laughs) ever use Facebook to log in or to create an account with another website.
0: You are opening yourself up to trouble. That brings us to our next question. Is it cool to apply to a job I don't want, but definitely could do just for the interview practice? Scott?
1: I generally say no. And it's not because you shouldn't practice. Yes, you should. But you want to be transparent. If you're going into an interview, if you don't really want it, and you have a good interview, if you are if you don't intend to take it, you've just wasted that person's time. It would make me feel that you're not ethically on the same plane. And I, I just, I really don't think that's a good idea. However, if you see an opportunity to have a conversation with the hiring manager or the recruiter, whoever it is that's performing the interview, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, I don't know that I'm really interested in this position, but there are things that I see that, that I do find interesting. Could I come in and have an informational interview about your company? Now you're resetting the tone, mm. resetting the expectations. So they know that you have a modicum of interest perhaps, but that you're not really going for this specific job. If they have the time and incl- inclination, they may say yes come in for an inter- informational interview because they may take the approach. They wanna talk you into it. And now there's a benefit for
0: both sides. The motivation for this question really would determine how I answer it, okay? And so if the motivation is, oh, I have to apply for this because, dot, 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 I wanna get my unemployment, or dot, 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 I wanna feel like I'm doing something, or, or whatever, um, then I would say no. I don't think that's a, a valuable activity. However, if you just want interview practice, I would say, yes, by all means. I would be cautious of my mindset when I go to that interview that I don't want it, so it's gonna impact my performance on the interview. I would take the flip side of that. I would say, yes, go on the interview, but treat it like it's the Super Bowl. Like there's no job you ever wanted except this one. Because if I treat the one I don't want that way, how am I gonna perform when I get the one I really want? Sure, sure. I, I have to treat every interview like it's the most important thing in the world.
1: And, and that, as you say, the motivation is going to be different. If you felt that this job would be good, it may not be your primary goal, but yes, you could do this job, you could do it well, and it would pay me enough. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just will remind people to be transparent. What you put out there is what comes back to you. If you want the employer to be transparent with you about what goes into this, how you'll be treated, Mm -hmm. what you can expect in terms of compensation and benefits and all these other things, you need to walk in being transparent. Because there's nothing worse, speaking from an employer or a hiring manager, Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than having somebody who interviews really well and then once you hire them, find out that they really are not the best fit. I feel like I've been deceived and that never sets up a good employment situation.
0: Not at all. Not at all. So make sure your intentions are genuine and good. I would be cautious about being transparent and and vulnerable and say, oh, I just took this interview because I need practice. Right. That's probably not a good thing to say. be, Be upfront about that.
1: Yeah. But, but at the same time, remember, too, that these people know others. Mm. And so if you're putting out there that, oh, yeah, I want this job, and then, no, I actually don't, that also
0: is going to make the the rounds. Well, people and will you talk. know, Scott, I actually believe everything I read on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, here's the thing, is that you could apply for that job, and you get the interview, and you get there, and it's not anything that they describe. Very true. On, and so... Um, If I was to just simply answer this, I would say yes. I would take that. Yeah. And apply for that job to get the interview so you can get the practice, but just treat it like it's for real. And I would also say yes, but be genuine. That brings us to our next question, Scott, which is, I have a boss that made promises for advancement, but won't pull the trigger. What should I do?
1: Great question. Um, This has a whole bunch of caveats involved. Um, It really is going to depend on what your boss is like. Is that individual supportive of your career, truly supportive? And I, I generally come back to the idea, actions speak louder than words. If the only indication that your boss is interested in your career advancement through the words they use but not in their actions, listen to their actions. And remember that in most cases, most companies, they approach this as this is business. They are looking out for the company's future, not for the future of the individuals who make the company's future. So I know that sounds pretty harsh. And a lot of companies make a great deal of effort to say, oh, no, we actually do care about you. But again, judge them by their actions, not by their words. I've been in that situation. I'm sure Andrew has been in that situation. Yeah, we're we're both nodding. Uh, This is normal. So remember... You can be honest about it, but you're, you gotta take care of yourself here. Well,
0: and let, let's be clear that each situation is totally different. Yeah, okay. It is. And if you look at this situation, so wherever this question's coming from, uh, I would have some questions back. How long have you been in the role? Uh, when did they make the promise? What did they really promise you? Right. How uh, did they make the promise? Right. And yeah. so it, it, there's a lot of questions that remain unanswered that you maybe need to fill in for yourself. But Scott is right. You really need to be a proactive participant in your own career planning. Right. Because the company's not going to do it for you. The boss is not going to do it for you. And so if you want to continue on with that company and you feel like there is a trajectory for you, then maybe you're just being a little impatient. That could be.
1: And so to to find out, am I being too impatient or exactly what this looks like, the the next step of that process is to then have the conversation with your boss, not just about the advancement, but what does that look like in terms of the skills that you need, the experience that they are expecting you to have before you move up? What does that look like? And then set a time frame on it. You can go online to find out about what a SMART goal is um, and exactly exactly how to set that up. The first step of that is to make sure it's a specific goal. So if you are looking to move up to the next level, say for instance, in my company we go from a specialist to a senior specialist and what does it look like what are the the, the differences between what a specialist does and what a senior specialist does and that's also
0: true of the other um, if titles. companies are that advanced sure. that mature and that invested sure. as but, as a leadership team in identifying those things right. and
1: whatever that title looks like the yeah. idea is identify what those differences look like, what you need to do to get to that position. And then what do you think is a reasonable amount of time? Cause it needs to be time bound. It needs to be measurable about what this looks like. What sure. does success look like? Has to be measurable. So if you have to create those measurements, if you have to create the timeline, then do that, do that ahead of time before you go in to have the conversation with your boss, because that's going to communicate a couple of things. First of all, your interest in furthering your career within the company, mm-hmm. that loyalty speaks volumes. And if your boss doesn't pick up on that, that's a different conversation. We can right. address that as a separate or, question. Or
0: it could be, Scott, that the boss made a promise they couldn't keep. Or, hey, you're already doing the job of a senior versus a regular. I just don't feel like paying you for it. I right. mean, So what is the motivation of the boss or the manager and... You know, maybe those conversations shouldn't be about, hey, you remember what you promised me? Right. So if every conversation you're having is starting that way, you you, you got to be really careful about making demeaning your boss for your own benefit.
1: But this also may be a situation where your boss doesn't realize just how much you're doing in a a higher level. These are good questions to bring to your boss. They are, uh, it's a really good conversation to have. But once you put this into a SMART goal and you reach that goal... Now, your boss has very little to say, oh, no, we can't do that. Now, they may still say no. It may be that for budgetary reasons, it can't happen right now. It may be that there are other exigencies within the company that, you know, there are other things happening. Life happens. We can have our goals and sometimes they need to shift. But more times than not, you're taking a proactive approach to your career advancement will help you have those conversations with your boss in very positive ways. Obviously, if you've had those conversations with your boss and is just not making progress, they're really good at making promises and not good at following up, then I think you're probably justified in looking for something with a company that can give you the
0: advancement opportunities that you have or do some investigation inside the company how do decisions really get made That's you know a good so point. if you're if you're maybe new to the company a year maybe a little more and you've done all the work and, and you're you're performing well and your boss makes a promise maybe it maybe they don't make that promise until the f- next fiscal year could be maybe they don't have budget for that right now right. maybe there's some other things that are outside your boss's control That they don't want to let you know about because they don't want you to feel bad about
1: it. Again, that's the time when you have the conversation with the boss about what's going on. Remember that the the behavior put out comes back to you. So if you are open with your boss, the chances are better that your boss will be more open to you. No guarantees there, but generally speaking, that's what ends up happening. If you communicate your interest in staying with the company, but that you need more, your boss has a certain amount of responsibility to respond appropriately and positively to that information. So be sure that you're communicating your needs in an
0: appropriate and responsible way. And it takes practice. I mean, uh, if, you're, if you haven't had those conversations with a boss before, it might be a little uncomfortable. Uh, I think it's encouraging that if they're making you promises or they're engaging with you and they can see you're doing a good job, then their intentions are probably noble. Let's,
1: yeah. Let, let's make that assumption first. Yeah. Again, their actions will prove it or disprove it. Right.
0: Well, that does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. If you have a question similar to one of these, or maybe a different one, please, by all means, go to jobseekersradio.com. There's a little link at the top of the page that says, contact us and fill out the form. We'll be happy to respond to your questions directly.
1: And then we'll also have some um, some links in our show notes to resources that are available to you. Some of them may be um, some of the podcasts that we've already done. Uh, but there, there's uh, an enormous amount of information out there that can help you read more on the topics that we've talked about today. And they're probably going to spur some questions for you uh, that we can cover in later podcasts. Podcast, yeah. So go to JobSeekersRadio.com forward slash zero to nine and look at those show notes we'll give you more information as we have it
0: thank you again for joining us your investment of time and attention is immeasurably appreciated head over to itunes and subscribe to get future episodes while you're there would you provide us a rate and review it helps us spread the great word about job seekers radio to give additional support to more people until next
1: time i'm scott and i'm andrew we'll be here when you need us bye bye now
0: Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This is a podcast dedicated to providing you meaningful support to find great career opportunities. Whether you're working or not.
1: (laughs) Ask me, ask me, what is the secret of your
0: success? (laughs) What is is the secret of your success? Timing. Timing.
1: We got to keep this for the blooper reel. Oh, my gosh. That
0: was hilarious. (laughs) Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. (laughs) Welcome to Job Seekers... (laughs)